Pacifiers in sleep are a hot topic. It seems as though some babies or toddlers have a pacifier in their mouths all day long. Some parents don't want their little ones to get attached to their pacifiers, so they never use one at all. And most other people are somewhere in between. As a sleep consultant, I talk about pacifier usage all the time. So we are going to dive right in. Hey there, I'm Lauren Engler, your fellow mom friend and pediatric sleep consultant of Via Graces. This is a place where you'll learn all the sleep tips and tricks so you feel equipped to navigate the ups and downs of your little one's sleep. You'll also get an inside look at our family's life as I share the real joys and tougher moments of parenting. So whether you're nap trapped, driving to daycare pickup, or you're enjoying a solo evening walk, my goal is for this podcast to be another reminder that when it comes to most things in parenting, All it takes is a plan and a whole lot of grace. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, in this episode, we're going to talk about all things pacifiers, when to use pacifiers, when to stop using pacifiers, how to actually stop using them, and more. Okay, so first, pacifiers are great for newborns. When babies are first born, they have a physical need to suck. It's called non-nutritive sucking, and that need makes pacifiers great for newborns. Nursing or bottle feeding certainly help meet this physical need, but sometimes a newborn is not hungry but simply needs to suck on something, and a pacifier is a great tool to do so. With my second daughter, we quickly learned that one of her telltale tired cues was actually rooting. She would often try to suck on our face as we were getting her to sleep. As we were first figuring her out, I'd always try to nurse her to make sure she wasn't hungry. Because something you really want to avoid with pacifiers is mistaking that rooting as something other than hunger. However, once we were confident with how much she was eating and that she wasn't in fact hungry, but tired, we would give her the passy for a bit or even just use our finger for her to suck on. And then she'd much more easily fall asleep. Also, as newborns have two underdeveloped sleep cycles and don't yet have the ability to self-soothe, pacifiers can be really helpful in soothing a newborn to sleep. My general rule of thumb is just to not make the pacifier the first plan of action when trying to get your newborn to sleep, but to have it as an option when other soothing methods aren't working. We definitely don't want that pasty to become the only way your newborn can fall asleep. The other space I recommend using a pacifier is if you want to. As a sleep consultant, my job is to step in and help families when they ask for it. But I always tell people, if what you're currently doing works for you, your child, and your family, that's great. So if your baby or toddler uses a pacifier for every nap in bedtime and that works for you, I'm so thankful. Just note that eventually you will need to take it away and it does get harder as your little one gets older. It also starts really impacting their oral development as they get older, so just be aware of that. Okay, now when do we suggest you stop using the pacifier for sleep? Although pacifiers are great for newborns, when we work with families of babies four months and older, we stop using them for sleep. Because that means a family's goal is an independent sleeper and a pacifier is going to get in the way of that. With that, around four months old, hello four-month regression, a baby's sleep cycles adjust and are now more mature adult-like cycles and they now have the ability to learn to self-soothe. They found their fingers, they found their toes, they know how to move their bodies. So we can start teaching our babies to fall asleep without needing a pacifier to suck on. Now I know what you're wondering. Do we have to pull the pacifier away during the day too? 
The short answer is no, you don't. I totally understand wanting to keep a pacifier on hand for the road trip where your baby just won't fall asleep or for the church service where they're happily squealing away and you want them to be a bit more quiet. The temptation here, however, is that it will keep creeping closer and closer to sleep and eventually you'll be back at square one. So if you do keep the pacifier around, I would keep them out of your child's room altogether and try to use them sparingly. So let's dig into why we take the pacifier away. First, pacifiers are a sleep prop, something outside of your child that they rely on in order to fall and stay asleep. The trouble with sleep props, however, is that relying on certain props like feeding, rocking, using a pacifier, it prevents babies and toddlers from becoming independent sleepers. When families are looking to teach their babies and toddlers to fall asleep on their own and sleep through the night, of course, once they're physically ready, it's important that we remove those sleep props so they can naturally connect sleep cycles during naps and nighttime. You might be listening to this and have a little one who is able to fall asleep independently with the pacifier and sleep through the night. And if the pacifier falls out, they simply grab it and put it back in their mouth. So what's the problem? Like I said before, if the way your little one currently sleeps works for you, that's great. However, when we work with families, we always work on removing the pacifier from sleep because it just gets in the way more often than not. And if you're coming to us, something isn't working. I've worked with so many families who seem to have the perfect schedules, the perfect routines. They've sleep trained and everything seems to be in the right place. But their little one still uses a pacifier for all sleep, and something just isn't working, whether that's long night wakings, early mornings, short naps, something like that. Plus, you'll have to take it away eventually anyway, so if we're going to do the work of sleep training now, let's do it all now and take that pacifier away. So let's talk about how pacifiers actually get in the way. Like I mentioned, pacifiers can cause those night wakings, those early mornings, those short naps. Because using a pacifier requires a physical response from babies and toddlers. They have to actively suck on it in order to keep it in their mouth. Because pacifiers require such a physical response, I have found that they can actually keep little ones in a lighter stage of sleep, making it easier for them to stir in the night, especially when that pacifier falls out. This is why parents often get stuck having to pop back into their baby's room multiple times throughout the night because the pacifier fell out of their baby's mouth and they need help replacing it. That can be so frustrating and so exhausting. But Lauren, if the pacifier falls out, my baby knows how to put it back in their mouth without needing help. Yes, that's definitely better than you having to replace it multiple times a night or nap. However, your child is still getting more broken up sleep. For them to realize the pacifier fell out, sit up, roll around, find another one, turn it the right way, and get it in their mouth is a lot. We all experience natural night wakings. However, those wakings are generally so brief, we don't even remember them in the morning because we simply go right back to sleep. And we're looking for consolidated sleep. So for those babies that I mentioned who used to spend an hour or two awake in the middle of the night, but now know how to sleep without a pacifier, Those split nights are gone. Or the chronic short nappers, passy is gone and short naps are no more. Or those little ones whose schedule was spot on, but they always started the day at 5 a.m. Once the pacifier was gone, those early mornings were gone. 
That's not to say the pacifier was the only change that needed to be made, but sometimes it truly is. Something seemingly so small can make a really big impact. This brings us to another common question. How are pacifiers different than a blanket or a lovey? Okay, so pacifiers require a physical action in order to engage them. Your child has to suck on one to keep it in their mouth. And if it falls out, they have to not only find that tiny little pacifier, but figure out which way to put it in their mouth and then suck on it to be able to use it. A blanket, a stuffed animal, or a lovey, on the other hand, doesn't require much response. Your child can cuddle up next to it, wrap their arm around it, even grasp it in their hands. But when they fall asleep, it's still cuddled right next to them without any more action necessary. Plus, if they happen to lose it, stuffed animals and loveys are much bigger and easier to find than a small pacifier. Now, just as a side note, if your baby is under 12 months old, we should not be looking at putting any sort of blanket, stuffed animal, or lovey in the crib with them. Okay, so moving on here. Pacifiers can also take off some sleep pressure prematurely. So another rule for those families who want to keep the pacifier around for awake times is still keeping the pacifier away from sleep. It's important that if your baby still occasionally uses their pacifier during awake times, they no longer suck on it around 30 minutes before their nap or bedtime and 30 minutes after they wake up in the morning or from a nap. One, we want it totally removed from feeling like it's connected to sleep. And two, we don't want that pacifier taking off any sort of sleepy edge, what we call sleep pressure, that we actually want building up to help your little one both fall and stay asleep. Using the pacifier too close to sleep can make it harder to fall asleep for that nap or bedtime or cause a short nap or night wakings to occur due to that lack of sleep pressure. Now, just as a quick pause here, if listening to this is blowing your mind and you'd like to learn more about your little one's sleep, whether you have a newborn, baby, toddler, or young child, I encourage you to check out our A to Z sleep classes where I teach you everything you need to know about your little one's sleep one letter at a time. We'll talk pacifiers, sleep training methods, schedules, environment, and more so you feel confident making decisions around your child's sleep. You can find them at viagraces.com classes or find the link in the show notes below. Okay, now for the burning question in the room. My little one loves their passy and needs it to sleep, so how do we wean them from sleeping with the pacifier? To be honest, I suggest just taking the passy away cold turkey. I know it might sound scary, but it really is the quickest and least confusing way to do so. I suggest you take them all out of your baby's nursery, make sure none have been left under your toddler's bed or covers, and take them all out of your room so they're just not an option. And then have a plan for what you're going to do when your baby or toddler is upset without it. How will you respond to their protest? When will you respond? What if they wake in the night? What will you do? Here's a little hint. This is where having a sleep training method comes in handy because then you know exactly how to respond and when, and that consistency is so important. For our older kiddos, another way that you can try to get rid of the pacifier is introducing the pacifier fairy or simply gifting it. So for those who are more verbal or able to really have a conversation, I've known some families who talk about how the pacifier fairy is going to come and take their pacifiers and exchange them for a special gift, kind of like the tooth fairy. This lets the child know their pacifiers will soon be gone and can build some excitement about what's to come. 
Similarly, I've also known families who wrap up their child's pacifiers and gift them to a family or friend having a baby or maybe to their new sibling. I'll be honest, while both of these ideas seem fun, I still think it's confusing and can cause more challenges. What if your toddler doesn't care about getting a new gift? They just want their pacifier. Or what if they don't fully understand that gifting their pacifiers means they're gone forever? It just kind of seems confusing. So let's just be honest with our kiddos about how now it's time to learn to sleep without a pacifier and we'll help them do it. And soon they won't even remember how attached they were in the first place. To wrap this up, if you're looking to sleep train your little one, whether four months old, 14 months old, or four years old, I suggest saying goodbye to that pacifier. Think about it. If you sleep train your little one at six months old, but with the pacifier, you're going to eventually have to take it away and there will likely be some sleep training that has to happen again to actually remove it altogether. Also, you may try to sleep train with the pacifier only to find it doesn't actually fully work and then you have to take it away and kind of restart the sleep training. So if you're going to sleep train, let's sleep train all the way, the right way, when you're ready so you don't have to do it all over again a few months or years down the road when it's time for the pacifier to go. And guess what? As scary as it sounds, all it takes is a plan. And of course, some extra grace for yourself and your little one. Those first few bedtimes or night wakings might be tougher, but your consistency will pay off. And before you know it, those pacifier days will be history. Thank you so much for listening. To make sure you don't miss an episode, make sure you subscribe. And if you're curious to learn more about how we at Via Graces can help your family get more sleep, head to our website at viagraces.com so we can connect.